Yeah, I failed school so many times, they said I wouldn't amount to anything. Been to prison five times, I'm a convicted felon. Smoke, dope, drink, alcohol, I'm a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. Yep, some of y'all know what it's like, some of y'all been there too. I still get just what I used to do. Now please allow me to reintroduce myself. It's your big head brother like no other. It's your man Michael Hayes and it's time for the Hour of Hope. I'm in the process of healing. I've been unpacking my feelings. I've been too drummer alone. Nobody feel what I'm feeling. And they gon' act like you wrong, knowing some of this stuff I can't do it. And they expect you to hold on, knowing sometimes I'll be slipping. You mojo, hope. Your drama, cope. Your past, nope. Your future, dope. We healing our past experiences. We healing our past experiences. We healing our past experiences. Now come and join if you serious. It's your big hair brother like no other. It's your man Michael Hayes. Welcome to the Hour of Hope. It's a new year. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining in and listening to us. Big shout out to WDRB Media, the voice of the community. I'll give you double inspiration and information. We want to thank you so much for giving us this platform. Um, so by the time you guys are listening to this, I will be um, I will be burying uh, one of my little sisters. Um, She had a stroke right before Christmas, uh, Tuesday before Christmas. We went to pull the plug on Friday and she woke up and she was with us. Uh, she was with us two days after Christmas is when she passed. Um, so um, by the time you guys are listening to this, I will be at my sister's funeral, <laughs> which is which is something I never thought I'd be saying because my sister Dewana, um, she was a she was a star. She was she was unbelievable. Uh, she lived life to the fullest. She, um, you know, I, I just remember when we were younger, like some of the things she used to do that we used to do together. Um, we had many performing groups from singing and dancing to rapping to like doing crazy shows to going to the 4-H All-Star Summer Performance. Me, the one of uh, Mr. One Five's mama, uh, Missy Little John. It was a few of us, but um, the Hillcrest High Step and Major Ed and Drum Corps, the uh, one and I made up like 50% of the, no, 90% of the routines. <laughs> it was, um, so I remember her during those times and I, um, I reflect on those times because what I what I do hate. And I told y'all, man, I keep 100 on the show. I'm never going to sugarcoat. I'm going to be transparent. But I hate that my sister didn't have an opportunity to seek healing from the substance misuse that she was going through. I hate that she didn't have an opportunity to actually hear from the trauma that she went through um, that allowed her to, to go that route. Um, you know, we told y'all this show, man, this, this hour of hope is about healing our personal experiences, healing our past experiences, uh, healing those things that have been uh, told to us that, you know, we don't discuss and we don't discuss it. Well, my sister was like a little over 50, I don't know, 51, 52, somewhere in there. And now she's gone. I know you're thinking 50. Oh, that's old. Like, nah, it's really not, man. I'm uh, 55 and I'm healthy. I feel good. You know, I, um. But you never know. God's timing is perfect timing. God's timing is his timing. So when it's time for me to go, it'll be time for me to go. 
I do believe that my sister had the opportunity to wake up from being uh, from the from the stroke that she had. She had a major stroke. Uh, you know, she wasn't you know living the healthiest life, but uh, she had the stroke and. You know, she was on life support for four days. They pulled the plug expecting her to pass. And she said, uh-uh, not me. I don't go out like that. Uh-huh. And I do believe she had an opportunity to have conversations with God, to have, uh, you know, to just to, to talk about some of those things that she needed to talk about with God. And then I do believe that God said, you know what, Luana, go ahead. Close your eyes and come on, baby. Let's go. And he just took on home. Cause I know we hate to hear we hate to hear this, and I you know I don't want nobody to say it to me like today. I don't want anybody to say this to me. Oh, she's in a better place. Like you know, that's between her and God. Um, but I share this to say that there's a lot of hurt people right now, man. Um, and maybe it's because I have more years behind me than I do ahead of me. I just recognize death and it's so prevalent. We've had guys like four or five uh, young men, 35 and under, uh, uh, commit suicide, like like saying, I've had enough, so I'm going to check out. We have so many that are dying from overdoses, but we just keep, you know, we're allowing you know, like people to look at the overdose and not look at the reason why the overdose because we want to take a drug that makes makes us not feel anything because we're tired of feeling. People are tired of feeling the pain. People are tired of feeling rejection. People are tired of feeling like they don't belong here. I say that all to say, and I'm grieving, y'all. I don't mean to bring anybody down, man, but this show, man, this show is really about how do we change that narrative? How do we, how do we see somebody? How do we, how do we like look at the signs that they are going through something and instead of like checking them out on social media or having a conversation with them and saying, oh man, it'd be all right. When are we going to take time to be like, yo, let me hear what you're going through. Let's have a conversation. Maybe somebody just needs to feel like they've been heard. You know, maybe somebody needs that hard conversation to say, you know what, bro? You know, I know some of your friends just letting you get high. But that's not the way, bro. Talk to me. It's got to be a reason why you want to take this stuff that, that you know is killing people so that you won't feel. I had a 14-year-old tell me, like, Mr. Hayes, sometimes I would rather get high than feel and feel I say this from experience man I, I went through a lot of my life numb so now that I feel I welcome I welcome I welcome man y'all gonna trip when I say this I'm not welcoming people I'm not welcoming death but I welcome being able to feel what grieving feels like I welcome to be able to feel you know, pain when I lose a friend or a family member because I get to feel it now. I walked around numb for 40 years. I walked around with a mask on for 40 years. 
as much as it hurts, I'd rather feel it than not. Because I feel it, at least I know I'm still alive. And God has given me another day to do what he has called me to do. God has given me another day to repent for things that I've done. And it's a lot of stuff that I've done, man. A lot of stuff that I've done. That I know wasn't in my father's will. Y'all the style of hope. I love y'all. DRB Media, the voice of the community. When we come back, we're going to dive into some serious stuff. And I'm going to let y'all, because I got I to gotta take care of some other stuff. I got to make plans. Um, today's show, you're going to hear Mr. 1-5. He has a special guest. You're definitely going to hear from our young people with hope for the future, which you will hear next. Until that time, compassion, empathy. Just think about it. We'll be back in a second. Peace. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. The pressure makes me, the journey takes me to places where history can't stop or break me. You know it rains for something. You know the pain's for something. I hope a change is coming. Just keep on swinging on. Swangin' little bro, I'm about to swing on Terry Payne because he said my sister. Yeah, I'm swishing sweets, chariots are swinging low. Swats the cousin of police, hangin' swangin' row. Pee Wee tried to swing on me, but I was with like 50 folks and he ain't know. But what was worse, I ain't even want no beef for bro. We was told it, we were soldiers, we were soulless, we were sold it. Saying something by his head, that who he swangin' for. Swear you don't know about our stress, about our woes And my obsession with success by definition of my own Sure as death is waiting on our flesh and bones Demon calling my spirit, had to click the phone Couldn't get to Courtney quick enough to give her warm big hugs Told her you like the strongest woman on the globe I watched my mama lose her mama Go through drama and trauma But had to keep her head high so we don't know I'm getting older so when the world's feeling enormous Welcome back to Voice of the communities and those streaming live through free tuning radio app and through iHeartRadio. You're listening to Hour of Hope, and this is Hope for the Future. And I'm your host, Didi, Jen, Julia, Nah, Miles. And if you're tuning in, we're discussing a recap of 2022. So, to start off, I had a great year this year. Um, I went to Emoja, found myself, went to school, got some good grades. Thought of the year was rough, but it ended out good. What you think, nah? Man, I gotta say, me too. Like, went to Emoji over the summer so I could find myself, you know, how to get myself back online. And, you know, beginning of the school year, it always starts off a little bit rocky. And then towards the end, it really turned out good. Met some new friends, stuff like that. What about you, Julie? Um, I'd say Emoji is the best part of this year that I've been through, but school school year-wise, um, it, it could have been better, but I'm happy with what it was. No, it wasn't that bad. What about you, Jim? 
Um, my year was good. Like, um, like the best thing about my year was football because like I really went crazy on the team. <laughs> and then like Umoja, like it was good. Yeah, like it helped me like better myself and stuff in school though. Like I was already doing good. But like this year in like high school, it's kinda rocky because like it's kinda harder than middle school. Like way harder than middle school. Like what about you, Didi? <clears throat> um this year, I started off this year homeless, actually. Uh, I was living in Hickory at the start of this year, and then I was at, uh, I was homeless living with my mom's best friend, and I was going to Montford. And then, once I came to Irwin, I don't know, it was like a new, it was like a fresh vibe for me, because like, I knew people at Irwin, but then nobody really knew me, you feel me? So, I could just start fresh, and I did, and I started fresh, but I didn't start in a good way because I was taking most of my bad habits with me to Irwin. So I was causing a lot of corruption at Irwin. But I was having fun. My corruption was fun, okay? It might not have been fun for them, but my corruption was fun. Like, but I feel like that's how I really took my anger out. And that's bad. I went to school and took my anger out. Like, on the teachers, on anybody. Just, I just came and, like, I'd go in class and she know. Especially Miss Doppel class. Oh my like, God. You made oh. her cry. Man, that was yeah. Did he make a teacher cry? Oh, yeah, that was my God. Teacher. I did not like Miss Doppel. It was something about her. I don't know what it was. Know, like, 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 she was like, just like, too, like, like, I don't know. Like, I can't explain, <laughs> I can't explain like, it. You know, I can't it was just explain something it. about her. But other than that, um, I found why, I found out where all the anger was coming from. And that was a big relief. Like, just a fine. Out, you know, because a lot of times I say I don't know, and I didn't know what was going on with me. So to be able to go through this process and like find out like where all that stuff was coming from and why and where, you know, it it was a relief. And I'm still on my journey, and I'm still trying to unpack some of the stuff that I go through to today. So I guess you can say 2021. It was it was a lesson. Um, the lesson I learned from this year was to never put other people, like, put yourself first. Because, like, for so long, I put other people before me. Like, I thought my happiness was making other people happy. I mean, not really. I, I thought other people's happiness was making me happy when it really wasn't. Yeah, I really, like, I get that. Because, like... Stuff like that, it's like, you gotta worry about yourself a little bit and not just focus on other people and how they feel. What about you, Didi? Uh, okay, so, that just reminded me, I was watching this show called Shameless last night, right? And this this man had said something and it touched me. It was, he was like, you are worrying about like other people's problems and stuff like that to try to avoid your own, you know? So some people, what they do is they try to try to fix the world they try to go out and you know try to help everybody and stuff like that but that's really just distracting them from their own problems you know and what they got going on so i would say to just you like you want your lesson just to focus on yourself and you know make sure you good before you can go out and try to help other people because you don't want to be distracted by somebody else's problems when you're just stuffing your problems down and down and down and then one day it's gonna come out like where this come from you know Um, um, like, a lesson I learned this year was, was to not follow the crowd, because, like, because, like, 
if you follow the wrong crowd, it's gonna like take you in the wrong place. Wrong direction. Wrong direction yeah. for real. Yeah, um, I've learned a lot of lessons this year. I'd say, I'd, I'd say what Miles said, like it, it's way, it's way easier to navigate through life when you like put yourself before others. And you know, like you worry about it being selfish all the time, but you know, it's, it's really not like it's, it's real, it's way much easier when you put yourself before others. And uh, I learned that like the hard way, but yeah, I'm glad that I learned it though, so. One lesson that I learned over like the time being at Umoja and just being around is like, don't be like other people and focus more on yourself other than trying to be like people and fit, fit in the crowd. Okay. Because not everybody and what they do is good for you because yeah. like what they do could be bad and you might think it's good and then you end up getting yourself in trouble in a lot more trouble than they are in, you know? Right. Well, that's a question. So, we, you know, the first thing that we learned and I know some of y'all can really, like, give me a good testimony on this was y'all had to learn your own triggers first and then recognize how you responded. I'm trying to be open and honest about some of the obstacles that you've overcome that you feel like other people might be dealing with or just sharing your testimony of, like, what you've overcome from what you've learned this year, right? Like the real obstacle, what you've learned and how you are proceeding to overcome. Okay. Uh, one big obstacle for me, as far as triggers, is people yelling at me. Okay, so I took this, and he knows. All right, so when somebody yells at me, and I'm just gonna go back before I went through this whole process, I immediately, like, immediately take off. Now, I can go into two modes. I can go into fire flight or I can shut down. And usually what I do is shut down. Like I, I just storm off and walk off. Or I can go to fire flight. And that's what I was doing in school. So every time I get triggered or every time they triggered me, I would go in and I would cuss them out and I would scream and I would yell and I would get it all out. And I didn't care who was around. I would start punching stuff, screaming, crying, whatever I had to do, bro, because I felt so much built up inside of me. Like, it was so much weight on my shoulders. Like, it was, like, unbearable. And, like, for me to just to be able to get it out, like, whew, that was a relief. So what I do now, as far as, like, when people yelling at me and stuff like that, I, sometimes I just ask them why. I'm like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> And they just look. I, I said calm. I don't want to yell back because it, then it can give it a different tension. So if I say it calm, then it's going to, to the person I'm talking to, they're going to be like, okay, well, maybe I am, you know? So if my mama yelling at me and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? We can just talk. And then that, that diffused the whole situation. So I'm getting better on it. And then one one, I ain't going to try to take up a lot of time. It's advocating for myself. I'm getting better at advocating instead of just shutting down or not wanting to talk or not feeling like I got to share my side of the story because it don't matter. I just get better at talking and actually making sense and actually getting my point across in a respectful way. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah to kind of fall back on that, it's like, that's what happened with school. Like, last year I had this teacher that I hated, man. I hated him so bad. And, like, he would always just yell at me doing the littlest stuff and I walked out of the classroom and I got so much referral so many so much stuff I missed in class because he just made me so mad I just walked out and just didn't care about anything else 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like, I'm still working on it, and it's like I've had a step back because my baby brother passed away and stuff. But I'm still working on being able to get my fight or flight sense and my shut shut down intact whenever someone like talks to me in a certain way. Like I'm a big tones person whenever it comes down to stuff. So like if you talk to me in a tone that I feel as though only my like someone older or as though my mom should talk to me in, I'll either shut down and I'll just storm off and I'll just be by myself or I'll yell at you then right then and there and be like so who are you talking to i know it's not me <laughs> and then that would get me in trouble right. but like i i like it's something about me and i'm still working on it and i'm getting better i'm able to like calm down better and like be able to talk to them normally and work my point across right. instead of just going from zero to 100 right. super quick what about you, Julia? Um, I'd say a big challenge for me to overcome was being comfortable with my bad habits or something. Because, um, you know, like a lot of times, like when something would happen or trigger me, I would, you know, get, I would tell myself that, you know, like I have to get used to it. It's just how, you know, the way it is. Um, because, uh, I'd say a lot of times, like, whenever I, like, whenever it's loud and, like, I'm, I'm more comfortable when it's loud. Uh, I hate it when it's quiet because, you know, that's when all the thoughts come in and they're super loud. But when it's loud and, you know, everybody around me is, like, you know, asking for help or something, like, I was, I was just more, I had a... I told myself that I had to get used to that, like used to all the loudness and the rowdiness. So I did, and it, Emoja thankfully helped me, you know, get back on track with that. Um, and I was just so used to being like everybody's little helper or like, you know, their own like therapist because everybody would just come to me and talk about the problems. Like, not even really kids, like it would just be grown adults that would just be having conversations with me about things that like I shouldn't really be talking about at that age and um i'd say emoji got me out of that i'm thankful how does that make you feel julie what taking on everybody else's stuff um i don't know like in my in my head i i kept reminding myself like hey this is a good thing actually you know like you're important like you actually get to talk with like big people but what like I was like screaming in my head was like I don't I don't like this I don't want it I don't I don't know it's just like I had this like attraction to adults and you know like a lot of people will tell me you know I feel like I can talk to you all the time and stuff and <laughs> you know stuff like that and like they made it seem like it was like a good thing but it's really not like you know yeah yeah. So more on that from like personal experiences it's like last night I was talking to my mom and like my family was over there right and we were my mom was feeling stressed because my cousins moved out no explanation no nothing and then it felt as though they came up with an excuse so we went to look for my mom because she went on a walk so we get into the house and I'm talking about talking to her about it and she said sorry and I was like something 
you don't gotta be sorry. This you're going to feel strong emotions. Cause I won't say I understand what my mom's going through because she lost her child. I just lost my my baby brother. He's he was my first brother who I lost at such a young age, but he's actually the third person who left me on the same exact month and stuff. And whenever she was crying about it, and I was like, so I understand, cause you can't push that stuff down. Cause that's what I did. And I ended up feeling negative. I became depressed and being depressed and stuff feels as though, it made me feel as though I had to help other people out and not focus on myself. And I'm still working on that with the help of y'all and being here. And it's like, it's a battle in your head about like what you want to do. Cause like me, me being depressed, I wanted to take myself off this planet. And I thought about it and I still think about it till this day. But like, whenever I think about it, I'm like some, I gotta chill on that because like, there's people here who I want to be around and stuff like that. Yeah, it's like, you can't just focus on everybody else. You got to focus on yourself, too. All right. Um, and about that, I had a conversation with my mom, too. Um, and basically, it opened my eyes to something else. Because I see my mama cry all the time. But usually, it's not, like, crying and, like... My mom gets... She's a, she does this. She gets stressed out very, very easily. Like... She just, she stresses herself out, honestly. She like, oh my God, oh my God. And she, she gets real stressed out. So recently, like a day ago, she came to my room and she was talking about how money was tight and maybe like she said that I would have a Christmas. And I'm not really, you know, I'm, I don't really care, you know, and <clears throat> that's not the point. Anyways, she came to my room and I seen her crying and I set her down and I, we had an unpacking session. And I just let her get all that stuff out because I feel like if this is a new strategy, I'll learn, you know, why not give it to pass it on to somebody else so they can use it too, you know? So um, she did, she unpacked a lot and we talked through it and it was a very good process. But about the suicide thoughts, I was right on my granddad and he told me that God's never gonna give you like any ideas to harm yourself. So if you ever have like any idea or anything to harm yourself or put others in harm's way, it's definitely not God. It's the devil. It's definitely the devil. Um, and then one more other thing. Um, it's not about what a person says; it's how they say it. And that's what I was big on in school. It's like you could say so much things to me, and if you say them in the right way, then I can perceive it in the right way. But if you're yelling at me, then I'm going to take it in the wrong way, you feel me? I can tell you to sit down. Like, yo, sit down, Jay. You feel me? You sit down. But if I'm like, sit down, Julia, then that's different, you feel me? Yeah. So. So, what y'all, what are y'all going to do to improve next year? Um, I'm a, I'm going, <laughs> um, like, I'm going to improve, um, <laughs> um, going to try to improve my grades in school because like I'm getting like B's and C's well like not C's I'm well I got one C like the first nine weeks but like the second nine weeks I got all B's but like I want to be all A's again so yeah um what about you I'll do it um 
How am I gonna prove myself? I gotta, yo, next year gotta be a comeback, honestly, because, like, this year was a big L. <laughs> like, yeah. if we had some W's, I'm not gonna lie, but, like, this year was an L for me. I don't like it. Yeah, I didn't, I, so much it could've, it really could've, you know, and I hate that this life thing, how it works is, like, all this time we go through this stuff, right, and then we look back and see what we could have did. But when we was in that position, uh, my, our minds was just blank. Like, it was just like a whole year it was wasted. Fact, like, like so much. To do. I hate when I get that I don't know, you know. And then when time passes on, then I do know what to do. Then it's like, dang, I wanna go back and fix that, but you can't. So what I'm gonna do to improve this year is just um, honestly, honestly just work on myself like like really just work on myself and what I mean by that is like take time to see what I like and figure out and just try to put myself back together because this year you know it kind of broke me who's baby screaming outside bro <laughs> but what I'm gonna do to improve from this point to like next year it's like I'm gonna focus more on myself than I was this year, cause I was trying to get out there, hang out with my friends more, and not pay attention to school. So from this point on, going into like next year, going to pull them grades up, work on myself, work on myself mentally and physically, and then after a while I might just hang out again or something. Yeah. Whatever. So next year. I think I'm going to work harder than ever to try and improve myself. Like, I'm not going to worry about no relationships, keeping people happy, no friendships. I'm just going to worry about keeping myself happy. And what would do that is me getting good grades, me working harder than ever than on basketball or, like, whatever. All right. Um, it brings me back to a conversation we had. Um, um, for me, uh, how I would improve... Um, I'm still figuring that out. I don't, I'm not too sure. Um, like, because this year at Umoja, you know, I thought I had it all figured out when I was coming to school, but school hit me like a train. Um, and so I'm still figuring out more solutions. So maybe, hopefully, I'll be prepared for the next year. Yeah. Oh, um, I'll... This was just bringing me back to the conversation that we had um, at the group, at the school, and it's, we talked about increasing our value, you know, or increasing our worth. Like, you said that you were going to work on yourself, get good grades, do athlete stuff. That's increasing your value, you know? That's increasing your worth. And that's what I want to do this year, too. I want to increase my value, increase my worth. That's all I have to say. Well, what are some of y'all's, like, New Year's resolutions and stuff like that? Like, stuff that y'all want me uh, one thing I want to pass on to everybody else that's listening to me and my peers is to be yourself. Yeah. Exactly. Just be yourself and, like, do good in whatever you're doing. Like, work, family. <laughs> so, if you got, like, any bad connections with your family and that's your friends, you should, like, work on that because it's the time for giving and New Year's is coming up real soon. So. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year's. And don't let the Grinch steal your stuff, man. Stay out the crowds. Stay out the crowds. See you soon.
guest here today, an awesome brother, uh, I've known for a long time, and I've I've actually seen grow Mr. Brandon Priester, uh, I'm allowing you to introduce yourself, brother. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me on, man, uh, so I'm Brandon Priester, I'm born and raised right here in Asheville, um, I graduated from, uh, AB Tech, graduated from UNC Asheville, uh, currently going uh, to Lenore Ryan Asheville for my master's in business administration. And I'm uh, on the Mountain Area Workforce Board at Atlanta Sky Regional Council as the um, Youth Business Services Representative. Um, and my goal is to really push our youth and, and, and give our youth the resources, help our youth. How? Eh, edit that out. Gotcha. Anyway, um, so our goal, our goal is really to, to support the youth and uh, really invest in their success and uh, look at it and, and do those things through, a, through an equitable lens. So, your motivation. What motivated you to be where you are right now? What motivated me? So, so I ain't really had much, you know, my whole, my whole life really until, until you know, a certain point. And so, um, you know, I was younger when we were in Asheville, we were in and out of uh, shelters. Um, and so we really, really didn't find a, a stable place to live here in the city until I was about 12. And we, we, uh, we got on the housing list and we got into uh, Klondike. Um, and uh, so it really drives me it, it, with these kids is, is, is really personal experience. So I, I didn't have a good experience in, in school. I was expelled twice from high school. Um, never went back, but I went to, to get my GED, went on to AB Tech, uh, was very successful at, at AB Tech, I graduated with two degrees. I was student government president, uh, student trustee on the board, um, got the chance to, to interact um, with all types of elected officials. Um, it was a great networking experience and a great experience in education. And um, 
just got a lot of support uh, there. And it, it really, really pushed me to, um, I had no plans of continuing my education at the, at the AB Tech. Um, and part of the reason why I had even, you know, sought out education is, you know, when I was, about when I was 16 years old, um, I was uh, arrested and um, I was convicted of a felony. And uh, so at 16 years old, I, I, I was expelled from school. So I had an eighth grade education, um, eighth grade education, 16 years old, out, out of jail, on probation for three years, um, looking for a job. Everybody's telling me no. That's a hard, you know that right there. That's a hard path. That's a hard path when you got that F on your record. Then you black. You 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 are man of color from a, a low income. Man, we not giving you no job. Mm -hmm. I, they they feel like you're not gonna take it serious. No, but you know what you built of. Oh yeah. That's a ah. I love seeing it. I love seeing it. And um. I, and I but I never forget it. She, my my probation officer told me she was like, well. She was like, well, you either gonna go to school or you're gonna have a job or I'm gonna violate you. And you're going back. Yeah, and so I was on a I was on a twenty to thirty-three month suspended sentence at, at sixteen for my first conviction. Um and I didn't hurt anybody. Nobody was hurt, you know, it didn't there was no sexual crimes, you know what I'm saying? It, was, it was just get caught with a weapon, you know. They ready to they ready to bear you when you you know yeah. when you come from where we're from. Oh yeah. Especially with this little small town, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, we all very well acquainted with the DAs we grew up, we grew up with. And oh yeah. The the yeah. the corruption. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. that's the best way to put it. Oh, yeah. But it, it's they made they tried to make an example out of us, mm -hmm. and that's the I think that's the most beautiful thing that I see now that so many of us that they tried to make an example out of. We changed the narrative and created a whole different example for these kids to look like their intentions of it. Like we gonna make we gonna make an example out of you. Yeah, you did. You really did. You made something that I can show these kids that hey man, just because you come from this, just because you are given these set of circumstances, just because you given this environment, don't mean that you got to lay down and be the example that they want you to be. You be the example that you want to be. You are a prime example of that, bro. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's it's a beautiful thing to see, man. Uh, but you just, looking at you looking at two, three years, and you sixteen. You already done did time. You know, and I, like I told you before, they uh, I was tried as an adult, so I was stuck in you stuck in the there wheel. with the with the adults, and I couldn't be I couldn't be housed in a cell with an adult. So I did most of my time was was solitary confinement. You know what I'm saying? So I was in a cell by myself. Uh, away from my mom. That's the longest time I ever been away from my mom. And again, I was, I was, I think I was maybe halfway through being 16. So I hadn't even been 16 that long. Um, and so yeah, I had asthma. I remember I was having asthma attacks in the cell. They went open my door for me. They genuinely treated me like a man. Like an animal. Yeah, like yeah, a man. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you grown now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, and it's like. And I'm, first I'm, of all, I'm 33. Trial. Yeah, I, I'm 33 now. So I look at 16 year olds now, and I'm like. They looked at me and saw a man. Um, come on, man. I'm looking at 16 year olds now, and I'm like, that's a child. That is a, that's but a, I mean, until the age of 24, your brain is not even fully developed. Your brain don't finish developing until that maturation state, until 24. See, I think you still had, what, eight more years of that? Like, a, a decade. You still had a decade of growth left, but in their eyes, that was, that case was long gone, and it's, it's crazy because now you see 
that that systematic way of looking at us that has trickled down to our school systems. Like listening to a lot of these kids talk and, you know, going through it ourselves, being within this system, that system ourselves, we seen how and still see how they look at these kids from these environments with a whole different spectrum than they look at their own kids. Like these are these are babies y'all talking about. And now with this like starting in middle school, they hitting them with minors. And then from if you get a certain amount of minors, now you got a major. And these actually lead to these kids catching charges at, like we said, 16, 15. That's a you are molding a mind into feeling like it ain't nothing better. Like, which is I guess that's what makes our, it's not a guess, I know that's what makes the work that we do advocating for these youth so important because we've actually seen what you're going through and we understand that this is a system that's set up for you to go from where you're at right now. If you don't play the game how they want you to play the game, then they got a place for you for people that don't want to play the game how they play the game. And it's, it's sad, but it's it makes the work that much more important. Mm. Definitely. So now I, I, I make it. I make it a, a big point to you know. So I, I just got voted onto the juvenile crime prevention yes. committee. Um, so I make it a big point for us to just be in the rooms because my experience is different, you know. And so when I'm in the room with those that they got ripped from the, the county, the sheriff's office, they you know, yeah. but they don't have a rep like me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now, now they do. So, so uh, you know, and, and Phillips in there too, Philip Cooper. You know, and those type of representations yeah. are necessary. Oh yeah, definitely. So we're in there. We get, we bringing fresh ideas, and you can see tension. Bringing fresh ideas, like okay, so we got people getting out. Okay, they gotta do community service. Like, why not tie their community service in with? A, a training or a skill or something that they could build that that goes towards something that they can help them yeah. yeah. Instead of just going and and you know at the Salvation, I know Salvation Army. I love the Salvation Army. I love the Goodwill. I love all of them. You know, and I and the, the people that they send out. You know, they a lot of folks go there and do their, their yeah. community service. But they don't do it just for them to get work done. Right. Let's do. Let's make this yeah. work meaningful. Yeah. Work. They know how to fold clothes already. They already know how to go and put clothes. Let's on Let's get rack. some gainful. Yeah. Let's get some gainful yeah. knowledge that, like you said, leads to gainful employment. Yeah. Let's te- let's 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 introduce them to advanced manufacturing. Let's introduce them to some yes. of these big jobs coming out. Pratt Come Whitney. On now. Pratt yeah. Whitney. Come on now. Pratt Whitney coming out. We got Borg Warner out there. We got we got all these advanced manufacturing. We got Eaton out here. You know, and we they work with us. So yeah. We, you know, and and. You know, we, we just gotta we gotta be in the room. We gotta get our people prepared, and that's one of the things we're bringing fresh ideas. Like, okay, we want to reduce recidivism. If that if that's indeed what you want to do, then okay, we put we're getting people out. Okay, we're gonna help them. Can we walk walk with them through the process? And they're like, oh, how can you? It's, I can walk with them through the process because I've been through the process. That's mm-hmm. how I can walk with them through the process. Exactly. I could talk with them how to deal with their probation officer because I was I had dealing to do with that. a probation <laughs> officer. You know, I had to you know talk with them about fines and all that. I was sixteen year old dealing. With fines from probation, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just not able <laughs> to get a, a, a worker's permit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had me paying fines out. It really was meant for me to go back. So when I was like, when I realized that, I was like, so I'm supposed to do this and this and this and this lady is telling me if I don't, and they're gonna take my freedom again. And I was like, mm. well, they won't hire me. I'm just gonna go to school, you know. So I went to go get my GED, you know, and that's where they told me about the Pell Grant. 
And the lady was like, oh, you did so good on you. Because I'm fresh out of, like, school. I just didn't get very far, yeah. you know? So I know the basics, you know? And that's what they really text you on. So she's like, you know, have you ever thought about going to college? I'm like, you know, I, we don't have no my money. We, me and my family don't have any money like that, you know? I ain't... I, been in jail, like, you know, I'm just trying I'm to still, I'm paying fines, yeah, like, like, I'm hoping my <laughs> help me get a job at McDonald's, that's really Come what I'm, on, I'm really hoping, like, cause everybody's telling me no, so I'm hoping my GED will help me get a job at McDonald's, but this lady, you know, she, she, she saw something in me, and that's, I always talk about her, and I don't remember, I wish I remember who she was, um, but she, she's the one that told me, and told me where to go, and told me about financial aid, and the Pell Grant, and that I didn't need money, and that I could actually get money back yeah. to help me, and so once I learned that, I got into school and, and they paid for my books. And then I got this check and it was like $2,000. And I was just like, I'm I'm getting paid to go to school. Like, I can pay my fines with this. Come I can on, pay now. my probation fines with Come this. Come on, now. Then I figured out I, I could sign up for work study. Then I can get a job on campus. Then I can make, they, they going to give me a job because I'm a student. They now don't I'm run getting, my background. Now I'm getting paid. Yeah, they don't run my background when I'm already a student. They I'm don't getting do paid that. to go to school and yeah. I'm getting paid at school. Yeah, exactly. Is. So I was able to buy a car so I could get to work and to school. I was able to, to start saving a little money. I was able to use that money for gas to get to work and to school. And these are things that I didn't know. There's a lot of a lot of kids don't know that they can Knowledge. go to college. They can go to college. We have a foundation. We have foundations specifically for for single parents. Foundations for minorities. Foundations for you name it. It's like it's, veterans. A it's lot money. of foundations out there that's gonna get give you money. Yeah, and they have trouble giving the money away because oh, people no. don't know don't about know. it. Yeah, people don't know about it. Especially I, I got some of the scholarships at AV Tech. You know. Uh, they're like, well, we got all scholarship money. We need people to apply for it. Like, Come on, you man. know, and you know, it's an application process for money like this for everything. But you can get paid to go to school. So I, on top of the Pell Grant, I wasn't trying to be greedy. But they had told me, they was like, you got the Pell Grant, but you can also get these scholarships. So I could have got paid way more money than what I was getting. You know, that was, I could have, you know. So I think that if, if folks knew that, you know, that they would, you know, invest really in something that can't be taken from them, and which is which is their mind. You know, that they never take that. You know, and you cage my body. You can't lock my mind. Exactly. And then that right there, just giving that knowledge, like that's the work. That's that's why you doing the work that you yeah. do now. Like, and I can see so many more of us stepping into that role. Like watching my pops do it, and. I'm working, you know what I'm saying, regular nine to five jobs, and it's like I don't, I didn't feel purposeful. Then I start, you know what I'm saying, as I start coming up here and start seeing these kids, like understanding where we came from and what we done, man, it just it it drove me so much more to like, man, I, look 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 at what you can do, what the knowledge that you have and the resources that you have knowledge of. Show them, you know what I'm saying? Show them that the experience that you have in the situations that they're dealing with, get that to them. And that right there is what's, uh, that's what's life-changing for me, I feel like. And that's going to be life-changing for them. Giving them this, these, giving them that outlet to these sources, to these resources, actually. And actually having to go through that system yourself and gaining those resources and then being able to give it back, man, that's that is a blessing. Oh, yeah. You are a blessing right now. I appreciate it. I'm so I'm so thankful and, and, and like I'm, I'm I'm blessed to be able. I, and it's a, another another thing I always say. It was just kind of coincidental is that I would have completed most of my education in my neighborhood. Come on now. So I'm from Klondike. I went to UNCA. 
right from there. A, from a right there. <laughs> now, now, I'm working on my, now I'm working on my master's on Montford. Come so, on now. So, you know what I'm saying? So you I, did everything you need to do right here. Right here. Right here. And I ain't never left y'all. That's what they say, like, why you ain't going yet? I'm like, man, because I see, I see what's going on here, and I can't leave comfortably. So I've had job offers, you know, yeah. but it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing, it's nothing more that I'd be more passionate about. You know, it, it, I would be immediately drained. You know, I love, I love, you know, being in, in Charlotte. You know, I love Charlotte. I love Charlotte people. I love, but like, I, I, I see what we can be. You know, it's a whole nother love for you know what I'm saying, where I'm from. It's a whole nother love when you actually can, instead of going somewhere and trying to be that beneficiary for them, I need to be this beneficiary for y'all. I need to, I need this for my community. Yes, all these big cities look cool, all that, what they got going on in school, but we can do that here. We we can do that here. That's what I want to be. I want to be the foundation. I want to be them build something, you know what I'm saying, for our people. Oh yeah. So knowing people like Danielle from Charlotte Works, yeah, you know, I'm able to talk with her and actually see how a big city handles those larger youth programs. And you know, but I'm also able to reach out to Jamie Lynn, who I was telling you about yesterday, yeah. is up in Massachusetts in the New Bedford area, and she's the youth program coordinator. So you know, my my boss Nathan Ramsey, he's really been been really awesome about sending me around places to really kind of get that experience. Yeah. So so because yeah. that's what you are, you like a sponge, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. when you when you set your mind to something. It's like I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it. Like I can re- remember when, uh, when I did record Dojo Master. That was the time you was going to AB Tech. And, mm-hmm. Like, brother, see how you really locked in to that grind of wanting something better for yourself. Like, and manifested that. Like, I can do this. I see this. The opportunities are here. Huh? I want better. Boom. And you, you really spoke into existence and manifested. Your destiny in front of you, man. That is that is a beautiful thing, bro. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. Like I'm done, I got to bring some more with me. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm like I don't, I don't want to be the only one here. And that's like, what I like. Like when I walked in and you was like, "Coop, right there." I'm like, man, y'all okay. in the same office. Yeah. Like with that, y'all got that same way. Well, you know they say, uh, like mindedness attracts like mindedness. You know, so when you start, you you start building those teams and and formulating that vision. Where everybody got that same vision, we gonna make oh, yeah. powerful moves in this city. That's 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 Sir Nathan Ramsey putting together the dream team. You know, that was he, listen. He was he was uh, I want to <laughs> say on that move right there. He was Coach Phil Jackson on that yeah. move. That was a dream move <laughs> right there. So he 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 real intentional, and uh, you know we couldn't do it a lot a lot of the stuff we do without without Nathan's support and uh, for the ears that we can't reach. You know he's been he's been all, an awesome ally in reaching those people. And uh, really uh, supporting uh, the work that, that Philip and I do for the community. Um, at the same time, I mean, this guy, I mean, he, he he don't just talk about it. He really actually he actually does he it. doing yeah. the work. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's been he's been a mentor of mine before I worked for him. I interned for him, and I worked part time for him. And you know, I, they, he saw a position. They, then I was like, I, I want that, you know. So I applied, you know, and I got it. And now, you know, I can't disappoint him. <laughs> I, I don't I, think you will, bro. Yeah, I don't think I tell, you will. I tell, I tell, I tell, like, I tell, I tell, you know, uh, when I was younger, I didn't have anybody to disappoint. You know what I'm saying? So I, I cherish, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I I look up to those things. Yeah. Having somebody that I can look at in that position. That's yeah, I'm, I'm here. That's yeah, I'm here. <laughs> Let's get this work done. Yeah. Man. You make mistakes and nobody's watching. You make mistakes and nobody's watching and nobody chase you on them. 
It's like, but if but if you make a mistake and you disappoint everybody that put you in that position, that's when you start taking what you do yeah. in a different account. Like I got I got to live up to this. Well, we gonna uh, we gonna take a short intermission break, man. We uh, anything you want to give to the people before you go, bro. Just you, just gave so many, <laughs> you just gave so many words of knowledge already. <laughs> I mean, I just tell my, I was, it was a long time I didn't want to tell my story because I was afraid that it would put me in a box. You know what I'm saying? That once you let something out of the box, you can't put it back in the box. Yeah. I didn't want to put myself in that box. Um, so what I, what, I, what I tell folks is, you know what I mean, is, is everyone told me, you know, and, and I'll say it, including the people that's closest to me, uh, my family, you know, when I, when I got out. When I was 16, and I and I and I, you know, I was, I got that 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 conviction. Uh, you know, they told me I would never be able to do anything. That I'll never find a job. Even my mom told me that. You know, that's what hurt. You know, and she apologized. You know, but, and I was like, you know, like, but you was right, man. I was, I'm not. Po- I wasn't supposed. You to weren't be supposed here. to. Yeah, I'm not. The way to the be system here. set up, and our people older than us, the generation before us, they. They were really, you know what I'm saying, put into that box. They really got the full effects of, you know what I'm saying, they was new to a lot of the laws and stuff that was passed, a lot of the drugs when they first hit the community. You know what I'm saying? We in our 30s, so we seen we seen the height of the crack era, but they got to actually see the introduction of the crack era, the ending of the 70s heroin era. So they seen what, like, if you catch them felonies, you catch them Fs, it really is over for you. Yeah. We... Was the ones that was told like, yeah, y'all said it was over, but mm-hmm. I got something else in mind. Mm-hmm. I got a whole nother. I got, I got a whole nother. We was, I love the generation we came from. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it, it sparked so much after us. But the, our mindsets and ways of thinking is like, you're not gonna stop me. Oh, yeah. A lot of the, a lot of the brothers I aged in early 30s, I see we came, we 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 came into our calling and that. With us, through us, there's gonna be a major change. Brothers like you, brothers like Philip, me, my pops. Even though he's a little bit older, you know, he's our parents' generation, but he has, he's always had such a connection with the youth. You know, just from what our our people do, my granddaddy, he had that same connection with the youth under him. It's just, it's a connection with that younger bridge that's bridging that gap to show y'all, man, you can do better. You can have what you want. You can attain this success and outside of the success of what y'all what common society shows y'all success is like actually care for your community actually growing your community showing flourishing in your community that's the type of success we looking at oh, and it's, it's it's beautiful man oh, yeah. and don't and don't listen to them like you know when it's <laughs> You know, when I when I, I was I was going through, you know, I was going through A B Tech, you know, working on two two different degrees and you know, in the back of my mind I always knew that, you know, I might be doing this for no reason. So when I get done with these with degrees, I still might not be able to get a job. So I had that in the back of my mind, but I also had like I not I don't wanna be you know just because I can't you know, I I'm not gonna stop just because I think that something's gonna happen. Like I think that it won't work out. I'm just gonna stay positive. I'm gonna do the best I can and I'm gonna I'm gonna work. I'm gonna try to work harder than anybody else. And so, so I led the student body. That's why when I went in, I was the leader of the student body. Yeah, student body president. What we have? Summa cum laude. What we got? What we got? We had seven thousand students. I led the student body. Come on, man. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. Listen, y'all. You can do this. If you got it in your mind that you want to do it, you can do this. 
positive mental attitude. We're going uh, to take this break. I know I, I went a little bit over, but uh, we'll be back. The big head brother will be back, man, uh, on the next session. It's your boy, One Five, signing out. We'll see y'all in a second. I've never been as broke as me. I like that. When I was young, I had two male leads. Besides that, the pinstripes and the gray. Uh -huh. The one I wore on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh -huh. I'm sewing tigers on my shirt and alligators. Uh, you wanna see the inside? Huh, I see you later. Here come the drama. Oh, that's that with the fake. Uh -huh. Wow! Why you punch me in my face? Stay in your place. Play your position. Uh, Here come my intuition. Uh -huh. Go in this pocket. Rob them while his friends watch it. Uh, Here comes respect. His crew's your crew, or they might be next. Look at they man eye. Big man, they never try. So we roll with them. Uh, stole with them. I mean loyalty. Put me milks at lunch, the milks with chocolate, the cookies, butter crunch, ain't it? Oscars and blue and white duck, that's the blood. Listening to the Hour of Hope. It's your big head brother, like no other. It's your man, Michael Hayes. Give it a sign off. Um, I want to share something with you all before we leave. Take time out to really check on your strong friends. Take time out to check on those that you see smiling all the time, that you that you see in a good mood all the time, that you hear jokingly saying, Oh boy, I wish I could do something else, that you know carries the weight of the community or their family or their job uh, that you know that has been through something. Because some of us know, like, some of us have friends that we've come up with, and now that we're older, we get to see how really messed up their family situation was, or we really get to see how much they got bullied, or we get to see how much we bullied someone because they didn't wear the finest fashions or they, they you know, they, they didn't smell fresh every day coming to school or they had that free lunch car. Y'all remember them free lunch cars, right? Cats had free lunch cars, used to get clown. I got to the point, man, that my junior senior year, you can call what you want to. I'm going to get that lunch and then I'm going to bum money. I got the name Money Mike because I used to bum money <laughs> doing lunch, right? Ask all my, all my homegirls, like, yo, come on, baby, let me get a quarter, please. Like, hey, let's get on my face. Okay, I'm going to see you tomorrow <laughs> after they give me the quarter. But, you know, I got bullied. I got bullied, and I know how it feels. I um, had a substance misuse issue, so I know how it feels. I had an anger issue, so I know how it feels to feel like we have no way out but to, to hit something, to destroy something, to ah! And I'm sure you know somebody who needs just a hug. Hug somebody today, man. Tell somebody you love them. Don't tell them it's going to be all right because you, if you don't know the situation. It might be. You might see a brighter future, but they might not be able to see a brighter future. They might just need to know that it makes sense for them to feel the way they feel. I love y'all. It's your big hair brother like no other. It's the Hour of Hope, WDRB Media, the voice of the community. We'll see you guys next Saturday. Peace.